Coming up on this brand new episode of the Goldilocks Zone, we enter the world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's right, we're going to break down all the Marvel movies. One of the most hype media properties of our generation, is the Marvel Cinematic Universe really worth the hype? And which movies make the cut and which don't? It's a jam-packed episode of the Goldilocks Zone, and it's going to start for you right now. This is The Goldilocks Zone, episode number three, published February 13th, 2015, Marvel's Cinematic Universe, part one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Goldilocks Zone, the only podcast on the internet that dares to challenge you to think about it over, under, or appropriate. I'm Sean Jennings, and I am joined, as always, by our own Iron Man, Mr. Captain America. Actually, I think, Matt, if I had to give you one of these characters, you're probably Captain America. There's no one more American I know than Mr. Matt Mariani. Sir, how are we doing today? I'm doing quite all right, Mr. Sean Jennings. Always make sure you drink your milk and defeat the communists. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Punch Hitler in the face. I'm all for that. Yeah. Uh, Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Uh, That is right. Uh, Matt, I am excited to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but before we do that, we have some cleaning up to do. Uh, From last week, we had a great response to our Aaron Sorkin shows. Those were a ton of fun. Um, Most of the response I got was, I'm not really that familiar with Aaron Sorkin, which really hurt me. People, you need to go out and watch Aaron Sorkin. That's I'm just saying. He's pretty great. I think we decided that. But we also Start asked, with the West Wing. Start with the West Wing. You can't go wrong there. I think that's a no-brainer. And it's on Netflix. So It's on Netflix. Excuse. Just don't watch past season four. No, no. Just, just <laughs> quit, quit while you're ahead. Um, mm-hmm. But we got to talk about last week's question. So we've got our question of the week we do every week. Um, last week's question was, if you could bring back any canceled television series that ended too soon, which would it be? Um Matt, why don't we start with you? What is what was your answer to this question? My answer to this question, and I think it was very indicative in the way that I asked it. I'm, I may have unfortunately been leaning, leading my question in, in one particular direction. I chose Firefly. That's the, the show, um, for those of you who are not familiar, premiered in 2005, was also canceled or uh, rather not renewed for a second season uh, later that year. Uh, and it was on the Fox Network, uh, directed by Mr. Joss Whedon, who also many people now know him as the director of The Avengers, a movie we will be talking about in great length today. So that was my pick, was Firefly, um, the sci-fi thriller about cowboys in space. I, I can't imagine how that ever got want. canceled. <laughs> I guess it's a niche audience, Sean. Some people just didn't get it. Some people just weren't ready for it, you know? Fox wasn't ready for it. <laughs> Fox was not ready for it. Uh, yeah, Matt, I, I have to I have to admit something right here and right now on the show, and that is I've never seen Firefly. What? I, I've never... I've never... You, I've never seen Firefly. I put did it, I hear that right? And, what, I and what's sad phone? is, I actually watched Joss Whedon's other canceled one season project dollhouse which was yeah dollhouse was good at its moments but i've never seen dollhouse firefly was pretty good and i feel like i should be embarrassed dollhouse kind of went little little batshit crazy toward the end yeah. and kind of flew off the walls in the last like three episodes but 
it was still pretty good. I like Dollhouse. I and and you need to watch Firefly, yeah. of course, because that's one of the best shows that never was. Wow. Yeah. Um we'll watch it sometime. Yeah, we'll have we'll have to see I that's we'll why have I, to have a viewing. That's why I like this show. Viewing. It kind of forces me to watch things I wouldn't normally watch. So Maybe we'll have an episode on. We'll it. have to do a, a Joss Whedon explosion. Yeah. Uh, uh, we could do Cabin in the Woods. That was a good movie. Yeah, I did that not see nobody that. remembers. No. Uh, well, and you got to go back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? Where it all began. That's where it all began. That's right. Not for me though. I never I never actually yeah. saw Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer. We'll add that to the but, list. No, my pick, so a great pick, Firefly, and yeah. I want to point out that was our unanimous crowd choice was Firefly, Firefly, wow. Firefly. People absolutely love that show and want it to be brought back. The problem for you I had with this assignment was that all the shows that I wanted to bring back, they've already brought back. So my first thought was Arrested Development, which they brought back. They brought it back, yep. Yeah. Uh, with a season I, I one season on Netflix one season on Netflix and the other show I was going to pick was The Comeback which uh, if you haven't seen is on HBO it stars Lisa Kudrow um, as a it's a faux it's it's very difficult to explain but it is comprised of the raw footage from a faux reality show Lisa Kudrow's character is on as an actress trying to get work but it's very self-referential. It's very commentary on this reality TV aspect. And she plays the character brilliantly. It's on HBO Go. I highly, highly, highly recommend the comeback. The problem is they just brought it back last year after being canceled for like seven years. So after a lot of thought, I sat down. I came up with my favorite comedy show of all time in this sort of genre. And that's Mr. Show with Bob and David. I don't know if you're fa- Are you familiar with Mr. Show? Oh, yes. Uh, and um... The debut of uh, Mr. Tom Kenny. Yeah, Tom Kenny. The voice of SpongeBob. A lot of people started their career on that show, notably, of course, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. Um, But uh, absolutely hilarious, hilarious. Probably my favorite sketch show of all time. Um, And such an amazing show. And while they did four seasons... Every year or so, there's another rumor they're going to do a reunion, and they did a stage show a couple years ago. I want a Mr. Show reunion, because those guys are the funniest people on Earth, and I would absolutely love it. So, Mr. Show and Bob and Dave, if you haven't seen it, go torrent it or something. I don't know. It's HBO, so if you own HBO, you might get it, but I, I highly recommend it. And I, I think it was on it, it was on Netflix at one point. Yeah. I'm not sure if it still is. Problem, I, just, I watched it on Netflix. The problem is it's in that like weird ether of early HBO, which never makes the cut onto HBO Go or any of their deals. It, it's kind of in this weird region where HBO doesn't like to talk about it. Uh-oh. So I don't know what the idea is there. But uh, that's that's our question for last week. Thanks, all of you out there, for the answer. Uh, I'll let everyone know. Goldilockshow.com is our website. All the information there, audio, video, links to subscribe. At Goldilocks Show on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Goldilocks Show. We're going to have another question at the end of the show involving the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're going to ask you to answer. Uh, and we expect your responses at Goldilocks Show on Twitter is the best way to get a hold of us. With that, let us jump into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we will begin by setting the stage as we often do. Marvel Studios 2006. You are in charge of a studio that essentially doesn't exist. Marvel never made movies before. They, they merely signed off the rights to their characters. Fun fact, Men in Black 
is a Marvel property. It was based on a comic book Marvel wrote. Of the hundreds of millions of dollars that franchise made, Marvel made, I kid you not, some ridiculous, it was like half a million dollars they made on the hundreds of millions the movie made because it was such a crappy deal. Mm. And this happened to them time and time and time again. Especially, none better example than Spider-Man, which was produced and owned by Sony and made a crap ton of money with Tobey Maguire. Marvel wanted peace, so they finally said, we're going to invest billions of dollars and make our own movies. Very controversial at the time. No one knew how it was going to go, and they launched it with Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. But what would become of those movies is an entire cinematic universe, something that has rarely been done in media. I think Star Wars is probably a really great example of that, um, but so rarely successful as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So today we're going to focus on Phase 1, uh, beginning with Iron Man, ending with the Avengers, Um Matt, I'm not sure how we want to go through all of these. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six movies in phase one. Um, why don't we begin, at least my suggestion, each naming our least favorite of phase one, and we'll work our way up to our favorite. And we're, we probably won't right. agree, but we'll start think, at the uh, bottom. We'll start at the bottom. If we're going to start at the bottom, we're going to go ahead and start with the big green flop, the Incredible Hulk. I do not agree. Agree or that. disagree? Wow, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I invite I invite the controversy. <laughs> uh, I will just say my pick for my least favorite is Iron Man 2. Okay. I actually – I liked Iron Man 2. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> so actually, let, let's rewind. Let's name the movies in phase one. Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk starring Edward Norton, not the Angley Hulk movie. Uh, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, First Avenger, and The Avengers. So those are your phase one films. My least favorite, Iron Man 2. All right. Yep. And my least favorite is still The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> All right. All right, Matt. <laughs> lay, lay it on me. What went wrong with The Incredible Hulk? Well, first off, uh, The Incredible Hulk was a, was a movie that was made as an apology. I think it was made as an apology to a lot of the fans that saw the um, the previous Incredible Hulk movie, which was terrible. Um, I saw it twice for some reason, but I think I was at a birthday party or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, this new one, this new this reboot, so to speak, uh, starred Edward Norton. Um, and it was, I guess, very un- – it was an un- unmemorable performance from Norton. And I think despite um, all of the, the – plot it was reaching for and all of the and all of the best made efforts to try and rewrite the franchise and retell the story of the original movie i think it fell flat on all accounts and i think that it was in fact so bad i i distinctly remember it almost went and put marvel studios out of business the the first so, the first that, one or this one this one, this reboot. Um, it certainly didn't help. Iron Man made so much money, it kind of offset it because they came out a month apart. Right, and I think I think uh, thankfully because the Iron uh, the original Iron Man was uh, you know deserved success, and I think that it did so much to uh, yeah exactly like you said to reset the scales. But if if that hadn't been there, then what? Why I don't know what would have happened to Marvel Studios. 
Yeah, I mean, my my thoughts on The Incredible Hulk, I, I disagree. I, it, by no means was it a great movie. I think the problem is Hulk as a character, and this is the same argument I ha- I'll have in a minute for Thor, is that it is incredibly difficult to base a story on this guy, right? His main power is getting angry and turning green. There's not a lot you can do with character. <laughs> That's why Captain America and Iron Man are such great characters, because you can do a lot with them and tell stories, and they, they're complex and they're interesting. The Hulk is so difficult to do that because it's just, don't be angry. Oops, I'm angry. Um, But now why was Hulk such a massive success in the Avengers movie? Because he wasn't the focus. You can't, I think you can't he do became an hour and a half focus. on him. No, I think he made, and he made a great comic book, and I think Mark Ruffalo, excellent casting. He's wonderful as Hulk. But I think that's I why agree with that. never went ahead and made another standalone Hulk movie when they very easily could have and have now, no if, plans to. If you think that retroactively, if, um, let's say, Mark Ruffalo was in the place of Edward Norton, do you think he, he would have the uh, star power to save that film, or do you think it was just beyond salvaging? I mean... <sighs> Well, well, two things. One, I actually like Edward Norton as the Hulk. W- would he be my first choice? No, I don't think he's the reason the movie failed. Um, I think it had a lot of other problems, including the first Hulk movie, which really dragged it down. But even if it had been Mark Ruffalo, I still, I still, you know, and if it were being released today, again, this was when Marvel had zero credibility, right? This was, I mean, if they put out a Hulk movie today, good, bad, and different, people would go and see it. So I think that's a big difference is is the timeline. But I, I just it wasn't a, a great movie, but to me, it wasn't worse than Iron Man 2. And the reason I say that is because sequels are very difficult and they set Iron Man up to be such an amazing film. And it was. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But it was just kind of a fall flat sequel. I thought it was really we saw that awkward transition uh, transition between Terrence Howard leaving as um the Iron, Iron Patriot? Yeah. Um, and coming in as Don Cheadle, which I much prefer Terrence Howard um, over Don Cheadle. I thought it tried to make a bit, tried to be a little much in a single movie. I thought the the villains were kind of, it kind of, it, off, it really reminds me of a Spider-Man movie, right? Where the villains, there were a couple of them and they weren't really well defined. <laughs> the main character was tough to root for because he was, a little too much of himself. It, it, it really, nothing really clicked in that movie. Whereas I think the incredible Hulk, while not being a great movie, at least felt like a, a real complete movie. You know, I, I'm saying that's just my, my ranking thoughts. I mean, where, where do you stand with Iron Man two? I think that's fair. I, I happen to like Iron Man two for, uh, two reasons. I would say I really liked, um, the, uh, actor who played, the villain was that Mickey Rourke? Uh, yeah, Mickey Rourke as Whiplash. Yes, I, I believe it was. Yeah, Mickey Rourke as as Whiplash. Where I think he worked really well, and I think he he plays a very good villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, an opportunity he doesn't really get so often, and I think uh, he was really good at it. Um, and uh, you know, very believable. And the other reason is I liked uh, looking at. Um, <laughs> Uh, was that Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, she was, was she in that movie. Yep. Wasn't Olivia Munn in that movie too? Um, she might have been. I really couldn't tell you. I think she was. I think she played obscure. a reporter or a journalist. Oh, yeah, I'm delving into the obscure. <laughs> but anyway, um, they, they they were those were fun fun. Act- I think the actors did a great job. Um, the storyline was not the best. I think it was a uh, kind of almost like a recycled captain america-esque storyline 
um, you had somebody from the the Soviet blocs, and he was uh, uh, he got a little bit of the anti-capitalist vibe going on, uh, which I guess is a very good counterpoint to the ultra-capitalist Tony Stark. Um, so you had a lot, of, but there were a lot of themes at play there, and um, uh, Mickey Rourke as Whiplash kind of made the movie for me. Mm-hmm. He kind of set that stage, and and still I can't think of a better. Um, a better played villain in in the Marvel movies. Ooh, that is a very bold statement. <laughs> you're, you, I, I don't want to challenge you on this, but I mean, what about um, Bucky Barnes as the Winter Soldier? No, see, I thought you were going to say Loki and whoever played no, Loki. I we'll get to Loki because Loki, Loki was really good. Loki is overrated for me, but we'll get there. Okay, uh, but you're right. Loki, I think, is a good example. Too. No, no, listen, I love Mickey Rourke as Whiplash, but. Um, it was very uh, caricatured. I thought that character, like, oh, the Russian bad guy who <laughs> gets revenge on Tony Stark, and I, I don't know. I I think was that your are... Bane impression? That sounded a little bit like Bane. No, 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 that's no, no. DC. I was about to say we're, we're doing, doing Marvel, Marvel this week. We're doing Marvel. <laughs> um, no, I I think I think Iron Man and I agree with you. Iron Man two had a lot of great pieces. It just never clicked. Um, and, and it suffered like most sequels do. You you have a lot of follow up stories you want to tell. You try and cram it into a single movie, and it's difficult. So yeah. I don't think there's anything you can do about that. But I think we agree those are well. Okay, so Hulk is your least, and then after that would be Iron Man two. Um. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I'd, I'd say Iron Man two after that. I mean, it was. I thought it was good, not great. Pretty average movie. It was a sequel, so I mean, that's kind of what you expect from mm-hmm. sequels. Um. What would be next after that? Then after that, I would I would go I would go Captain America two, or Thor two. Now wait a minute, no Captain America two. Well, we're not doing the Winter Soldier, the the original. Remember, we're in oh, phase well, one. all right. See, I I thought we were talking in general. No, well, um, no, 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 phase one. We're ranking talking phase one. Yes. If we're gonna stay in this phase one realm, yes. Then I guess all I have left to you've got Captain America, stack. Thor, the original Iron Man, and the Avengers. Which is your least favorite out of those four? It's a tough one, but I'm going <laughs> to go with. <laughs> I'm going to go with. Um... Wow, I hate to do this, but I'm going to have to go with Thor. I I absolutely agree, 100. percent That is the yeah. right call. Thor, I don't care what you do with Thor. I do not like Thor. Yeah, and because it's for just the sole fact that space north mythology is just not that interesting i'm okay okay now wait one minute i think that's very interesting i think it's really cool and i think there are a lot of people out there who would agree with me but go on tell me why it's cool for a very small group of people but your average moviegoer who's interested in heroes complex interesting heroes like an iron man or captain america thor to me a was a little one note I, I did not see that character become as complex. Again, the Hulk problem, right? He he's got the hammer. He he's got the the father and the brother, but and he was overshadowed the whole movie by Loki. You walked out of there, and that's all you talked about was Tom Hiddleston. He got blown out of that movie by Tom. And, and whose fault yeah. is that? I don't know. You know, is it the writing? Is it the acting? I don't know. But I just I I came out of watching that movie, and I just thought. Well, that was a decent way to spend two hours. I didn't leave that movie thinking, wow, that was really something. Well, to be fair, I think Tom Hiddleston did a pretty great job portraying a, a villain that's kind of uh, kind of hard to portray. 
I mean, Loki is um, he's mischievous, yes, but how mischievous? Is mm-hmm. he Joker mischievous, or is he like uh, I don't know, Uncle Pennybags and Monopoly mischievous? <laughs> you don't know. Like, where's the? You got to have it in between. Uh-huh. So I think he did a really great job, uh, kind of finding that middle ground between just mischievous and just just so clever like just so geniusly clever which gets foiled in avengers and and he becomes almost like a comic fi- figure toward like a com- comedic figure toward the end which we'll talk about when we talk more about the avengers but um as for the audience that thor plays to i think that uh you're out you're right in your in your in your assertion that thor is meant for a particular subset of audiences which is um Contrary to the Avengers, which the Avengers is pretty much a movie that was made for everybody. Um, Thor is pretty much for the uber nerds. It's pretty much for the uh, the, the the tried and true comic book nerds. Uh, maybe um, some of some of those uh, Lord of the Ring nerds out there, like myself, who are, are deeply invested in um, Norse and Anglo-Saxon mythology, um, and uh i mean that rainbow bridge man that rainbow bridge to asgard is that, that really was pretty cool is that what you're taking away from that the movie? was pretty cool the and, rainbow and, bridge and you had heimdall who was the guardian of the bridge and and it's, oh, it was, Idris it was, Alba was odin is that. the king of the gods and the the trolls look at all those trolls the cg trolls oh, that my. threw their ice at people that was pretty cool yeah, and thor I- defeats him with the hammer I actually wanted to see more of that. I, I, I would have been totally okay if he never came to Earth, if he just fought ice trolls the whole movie. Yeah, but for every cool ice troll killing, you have eccentric weirdo scientist Eric Selvig, who's who, oh, I go crazy because I believe in these things and science says I'm wrong. And it's naked. It was like, oh my God. Like, I just... <laughs> no, I... <sighs> No, I, I see what you're saying, and I do agree with you. Listen, I, I think the movie had some great moments. I just think it didn't have enough of them, um, and, and, I, and I stand by that. I just don't know if Thor is a character to hold a, a two-hour movie. Um, I, Loki is a character that holds a two-hour movie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but you, you can't have a movie about Loki. No. He's the bad guy. You I are. mean, I guess this the first movie was very heavily invested in Loki, it, but... It was. Uh, Maybe maybe that's what it needed to be. Maybe it needed it needed to set up the who's going to be the great villain of the Avengers film, and uh, it wasn't going to be Red Skull. So the Amer- Captain America movie very much focused on Captain America, and it wasn't going to be um, the guy from the military guy from Hulk who. I can't even remember his name because <laughs> I can't remembers? even remember. To be honest, I can't remember most of what happened in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're telling me it wasn't the generic Middle Eastern terrorists from Iron Man 1? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really couldn't be him because I don't think they actually gave him a name. If I'm not <laughs> terrorist number three. Um, uh, you could have had Ben Kingsley. but. Uh, yeah. Well, no, but I think that was after the Avengers, wasn't it? And now we're getting into phase two. Yeah. So, so uh, no, I, uh, Thor. The one other thing I want to say about Thor is, of all the women in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whether Scarlett Johansson, who I think is wonderful, Gwyneth Paltrow, who is getting better as the movies go on. I thought she was better in Thor: uh, Iron Man three than she was in the other ones. Um, Natalie Portman is ah, I she's. She's, again, like a caricature of a real person. 
you know, she hangs a little too much she's on pretty Thor. pretty nondescript. Yeah, she's nondescript. There you go. That's the best way to put it. And in, <laughs> and in Thor 2, wait till you get to the next episode, because I think she stunk up that movie like it's nobody's business. We'll get there. But that was my other problem with the movie, is I did not care for her. See, I, I didn't even really think she needed to be in Thor. I think that actually the, her being in Thor was kind of a, detrimental to what? the film. Every, every... I actually, believe it or not, I kind of liked her, her friend character a lot more. Yes. The sassy one. I, agree I don't know who that actress was. She, was, I... in, she was in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Every, she played Nora. Uh, every Marvel movie has to have the, the leading male with the, the female at his side. You yeah. look at that with, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow and um, I guess Hulk's not a good example, but Captain America had um, Carter, um, the, the other agent in the 50s, uh, 40s. So uh, that's... I yeah, you just, just... I think it was just a, a tradition. Yeah, you had to squeeze her in there somewhere, and they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so we've ranked the movies. We've got just three left. Iron Man, Captain America, The Avengers, Matt. What is your next least favorite? Your Iron Man, third if we're ranking them Captain best America, worst. the Avengers. Then next, next on the chopping block, I would have to go ahead and put Iron Man. Ooh, see now this we're going to disagree on this. I would Iron say Man. Captain America. Okay, gets chopped next. So let's talk. They're close about, though. Okay, and and, and listen, this close. top three is like it's a hard choice. It gets get, it gets tougher. Doesn't get as it better goes. than this top three. Yeah. Um. So why don't we get started with, um, because you picked it, let's pick uh, Iron Man, talk about uh, the first Marvel Cinematic Movie, period, Robert Downey Jr. as the vehicle Iron Man. Um, Matt, what what did you like and what didn't you like about Iron Man? I All right, we'll start with what, what I liked about the movie. Um, Iron Man had a lot of, a lot of, uh, spectacular acting from from robert downey jr especially he uh he absolutely stole the show and and i think um you as a viewer sean you wanted to see that you wanted that hero to, to steal the show um you wouldn't, wouldn't want the villain to take it away and, and he really did a great job of that um he was uh i think perfect for the role like more so than any other uh, actors, I think I think you could you could take any of the other actors of the Avengers out and replace them with somebody else. And um, truth be told, you might get a better a better uh, actually better actor. But Robert Downey Jr. stays. That's what I would say. Is of any of all of all the Avengers, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, as Iron Man stays. He's he's absolutely perfect for that role. That being said, um, I think that the plot was a little bit. Um, a little bit uh, g- generic, kind of one note uh, for a Marvel movie. I mean, yeah, he has this really great super suit, and it can do lots of cool stuff. But um, uh, I mean, he's he's for the most of the movie, he's he's fighting terrorists, and they even name the country. Is it Afghanistan? It, uh, <laughs> Looks an awful lot like Afghanistan. I I, but I, don't, I don't think remember, they say. I hope they named it some terrible, fake, made up. Because yeah. Kyrgyzstan, uh, <laughs> but I, I I would have to look. Um, oh, it is Afghanistan. Okay, so um, I think that was a pretty good movie. Um, hold on, a sec. okay. Um, I would say that yeah, the 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 turnoff point for me 
was uh, there was no villain. I think we mentioned it earlier. Is, is I mean, you had these these terrorist groups, these terrorist cells were the bad guys. Very timely, very contem- uh, contemporary. Um, as you may know, the Iron Man, original Iron Man comic setting, uh, Iron Man, uh, Tony Stark came out of Vietnam, the Vietnam War era, uh, and he was a military contractor during the Vietnam War. Um held hostage by the enemy, same situation, tortured in a POW camp, and he came out of it as a, a, a patriot war hero. Um, so the, so I, I like the update because um, it would be, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure our listener out there, Phil from Vietnam, probably uh, wouldn't really like it if uh, we were treating Vietnam like the enemy in, in uh, the 21st century. So... That being said, the, the lack of a really strong villain and a really strong presence, because then I think halfway through the movie, the villain becomes like the military, but not really because well, they're still on Iron Man's side. Yeah, but they don't they're yeah. like they don't know who he is. So they have to try to destroy him because they think he's like a weapon gone rogue or something. Yeah. The ultimate villain, of course, being the uh, CEO of Stark Industries, uh, Jeff Bridges character. Right, um, right, yeah, and that's in the scene. very end, and it, it kind of gets yeah the twist, which was cool. Uh, and and Jeff Bridges in any movie is, is he's the dude, so he's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, but that's that's my pros and cons for uh, for Iron Man and Pepper Potts. While she's uh, pretty great to look at, not a whole lot of uh, character there. Just kind of a generic secretary. I, I agree with you there. Thank goodness for Scarlett Johansson saving all women in the Marvel Universe. Yes. Yes. Um, and she did a great job of it. Oh, she crushes it. Uh, give her her own movie, please. Yeah. Um, so let let me talk about Captain America, which was my, my pick for third uh, in our kind of mini rankings. I, I, I absolutely love Captain America. And I think any, any movie, it, if you really think about it, this is one of two movies in phase one that is completely off present day earth, right? One being Thor, which primarily takes place in outer space and the other being the sort of time shift that is Captain America. I think Captain America absolutely crushed it as a movie set during the war in that time period. I, not just costumes and sets and things like that, but just the overall tone and Marvel could have very, very easily taken Captain America and just said, we're not going to bother with it. He's modern day Captain America. We're not going to. No one wants to see a movie set back then. I think they really could have done that. And would that have been a bad movie? Probably would have been a fine movie. But I think by taking that risk, that's one of the things that really endears me to that movie. I think Captain America as a character is also very endearing, a total opposite of Tony Stark. And that's when we get to phase three, we actually see them going uh, against each other, but very sort of, of heartwarming, good feeling character with, with, with the sort of tough female side in, uh, in agent Carter. And that to me is absolutely endearing. The reason why I'm going to rank this third out of all of them is that I liked the other two movies better. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would love to sit here and, and point out all the things I disliked about it, but 
I, I, at this point, it would be nitpicking. I, I really do think it is a solid end-to-end film. Um, if I really had to point out things I didn't like, I would say I thought the ending of him crashing the ship and, and going down with it and, oh, we'll, we'll dance tomorrow. I'll see. I'll be waiting for you. A little too cheesy for my taste. That that crosses a line for me. I thought that was a little too much. I think, Marvel- he, I think he even said the quote. I think he even said, save the last dance for me. Yeah. Or something really cheesy, really, really out there. You know, and, and it's Marvel, and I think they did a, a decent job of the cheesiness, but that was a little much. Um, I also thought having the Tesseract as sort of the weapon in the movie never quite worked for me. Um, I, I That harnessed as technology during the, the 40s, 50s era, a little bit weird for me. I, I wasn't buying it with Hydra and this whole thing. Um, but, but honestly, I, I absolutely love the movie. I think it's great. Um, and it's it's an absolute favorite of mine. I, the real question comes in, Matt. Out of the final two, uh, you have Avengers and Captain America left to choose from. Which is your number one movie of Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1? That's going to be the Avengers. That's going to be I think, the Avengers. I think that was kind of a... Uh, it's it's hard because I mean the Avengers is is all the amalgamation. It's like the result of all of these movies. It, it, it's kind of like that. The reward you get for for watching all of these movies and paying attention to all of these characters is you get you get to invest in their universe, and that's to me is the Avengers. Um, Matt, it's I, the pay the ultimate payoff. Before we get to your critique of the Avengers, I'm going to make a very controversial statement right here. Oh. Uh, I can't wait. My number one movie of phase one in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Iron Man. Good. I'm glad. I'm and, glad you took that stance. And that, I, I swear to God. Good for you. Choosing between two children tied to train tracks about to get by a train would be an easier decision <laughs> than the one I just made. It is nearly impossible because those are two of my favorite movies of all time. They are outstanding films in my eyes. But I'm going to choose Iron Man, and you kind of went through your critique of it, but the reason I choose Iron Man, A, it's first. You're always going to have that nostalgic factor. It introduced you to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Great way to set up the film. Two, Robert Downey Jr. Talk. Whoever casted that guy should own a piece of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because it would be nothing, nothing without Robert Downey Jr., right? We talk about casting Edward Norton as the Hulk. Imagine if we had had a bad Iron Man. Yeah, would have been dead, dead on arrival. So, he is just outstanding. What I like about that movie is we look back on it and it seems formulaic, a little bit, right? You know, the hero he gets beaten down, he has to come back and 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 overcome obstacles. But when that movie came out, that was almost a little fresh for us. We hadn't had a glut of superhero movies like we have now, where they pump these things out like, you know, it's nobody's business. So I think in the time it came out in, it was so fresh and so new and so endearing with Terrence Howard, I thought was excellent. Um, I thought Jeff Bridges did an excellent job as a villain. Didn't care for generic Middle Eastern villains. Okay. But he's an arms dealer. I think that kind of was an inevitable Thing. Well, it wasn't arms. He produced weapons, so a little bit inevitable. But I just I, I've watched that movie a hundred times, and every time I watch it, I just I just enjoy it so much. And the reason I pick it over the Avengers is because the Avengers is a better movie only because all the other characters are in it. That is a that is a cheat in my eyes. That is it, that is it gets bonus points by default because you could write the most generic film. 
But the way it was set up, the actors that were chosen and the characters that were established, it would have been a great movie. Now, it was wonderfully written and it was an amazing film, but I think using my ranking system, Iron Man ranks higher simply because as a standalone movie, the first movie, Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man, it just did more for me than what the Avengers did. But it's decimal points of a difference between the two. I think that's fair. I mean, thinking about going in, thinking about this, I I was almost tempted to take my controversial stance, which would have been that Captain America was the best of the uh, Avengers movies, uh, even better than the Avengers itself. It's definitely the one of um, the one individual Marvel movie that I enjoyed the most Um, individual, meaning like I'm I'm discounting Avengers. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that Avengers is is almost so different that I'm not even sure if it would qualify on the list. I mean, it is part of Phase One, but because in in spirit and in nature of, of the other films, it's it's different and it is kind of a cheat um, to put it on the on the same ranking as the other ones because I think it it blows every other movie on that list out of the water Absolutely. simply on on the virtue of having all of these powerful characters interacting with each other which the other movies just simply don't have and and which we had never seen before mind you right this this which was very revolutionary maybe maybe the closest thing was x-men but even those movies had a very select number of x-men and you didn't have the lead up with all their individual films building to this one moment right because the x-men don't really work like that i think they, they they kind of only work as a team uh, and Marvel is the opposite, where where you know they they work very well individually, and then when when you put them together as a team, nobody knew what was going to happen, and it turned out to be a massive success. I think a lot of the credit goes should go to Joss Whedon because he really knows how to write characters and how to write character interaction better than any better than any director I can name. To be honest, I think he's the best in the business at writing. At, at, at understanding characters' motivations and at knowing how they interact with each other. Yeah, and, and I think Joss Whedon deserves a ton of credit, but I'm even going to go broader and say nobody develops super characters like Marvel does. We, we talked about this a little bit in the pre-show. Batman is Batman is Batman, right? You, you get it. His parents died. He's upset about it. Now he's the Batman. Um but you look at a character like Captain America, I mean, a man who lives and dies for his country, does everything he can, finds out his country doesn't really believe in him. He suddenly transported forward 50 years. <laughs> I, I mean, you genuinely believe this is a complex, interesting character after watching him in one movie for two hours. Mm, um, and, you, and you feel that way about all these characters. And that's really an incredible feeling in a movie where you're invested in, well, I kind of, X-Men is a great example of that, right? Where it's like, well, Professor X is pretty great and Magneto's great and maybe Mystique, but you know, the other characters, they're just other characters to fill space in the background. But you don't feel that with the Avengers. You genuinely feel like these are great, great characters. Right. I feel like it's it's DC writes the code and Marvel kind of turns that code on its head. Yeah, you know? it, it turns it, it into art, right? And, and, yeah, and turns it into art. Yeah, I, I can see that. DC kind of uh, paves the way with that, you know, like uh, getting people interested in heroes and liking heroes. But then Marvel says, oh, if you like heroes, here's their universe, and this is what we're going to do with it. And they just they just twist it all around. And, and who could imagine some of the Marvel characters, like like Tony Stark, the, the millionaire who has this crazy suit that, that – he, he uses to stop bad guys and fight crime. Oh, wait. 
Batman. <laughs> but um, who who can who can imagine the Incredible Hulk? I think the Incredible Hulk. You know what all of the. Uh, all of the the crap we were slinging at him earlier, uh, for all that that's worth, he is still an, a really unique character. He's still a tremendously unique character, um, and he shines. And that was never really imagined. Yeah, he absolutely does. Mark Ruffalo and um, it was great as the Hulk, and yeah, he he definitely. I, I think that had a lot to do with the writing as well. I think yeah. he he was written into some uh, some pretty amazing scenes where he got to be funny. And he also got to be heroic. And I think another aspect of this film that really stood out to me was this was really the emergence of two side characters, uh, Black Widow, uh, Scarlett Johansson, and Hawkeye um, as well. I still don't like Hawkeye. Still not buying the character. <laughs> hasn't been fleshed out enough. Where does he get all those arrows? Uh, he, and a guy who a lot of arrows. arrows. That's, that's kind of weak. But I think Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow was excellent in the avengers um and then did excellent captain america winter soldier which we'll get to next week but um i think she's an outstanding character and works really well in this team environment there was a rumor going around for a short period of time that they were going to do a hulk black widow movie that would be fucking awesome yeah because those are two characters i don't really picturing it in my head i don't want to see them in their own movies really (laughs) i you know i i don't but i think together they're star power they're great team characters yeah, totally. I could see Black Widow sneaking into a base and being like all stealthy, and then Hulk the Hulk just, just smashing his way through. Yeah, I think it's great. We've actually seen kind of teases of scenes between them uh, in Avengers two in the trailers we've seen, so that'll be exciting mm-hmm. to watch. But, um, yeah, it's just what what and and we we kind of got to wrap up a little bit here. But I think what Marvel did in Phase One was something that most people rightly thought was impossible and that was take essentially what are b characters in the marvel universe imagine if marvel had owned the rights to spider-man and fantastic four and the x-men i don't know if it would have worked out as well because marvel really had to establish these characters from the ground up there was no back catalog for the average person to go back on and know who iron man was or who thor was maybe captain america not not much so I think for for all the references that the the film Avengers makes to its its uh, preceding movies, all of the callbacks they do with Thor's hammer and with with uh, Captain America making the with, with the witty jokes, and with um, Iron Man just being like kind of a dick to everybody. Um, I think it, nobody really would it wouldn't have really felt as genuine or as. Uh, as significant if you hadn't seen any of those those prequel movies um and and i think that marvel did an excellent job setting the stage in that regard it 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 really it really is a a very fascinating moment in cinema when you look at a character like agent colson played by clark gregg who appeared in the first iron man movie and appeared in the avengers and appeared throughout all of the other ones that to me is is the mark of a studio that says we understand how this works we've thought it through so you don't have to right that lost problem where they don't know how it ends i feel <laughs> dc often does that and marvel does that in the comics all the time all the time to come in and say we have a phase right we're gonna start here we're gonna end here we have it planned out through all these movies um that is just 
absolutely friggin' incredible in my mind. And something that is going to be very difficult for anyone else on Earth to match. If it's even possible. And many will, many will try. Most will fail. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I, I'm pretty excited to get into our discussion on Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, because uh, I think that was that was Marvel's attempt at topping itself, and boy, if it didn't uh, if it didn't succeed <laughs> or come close to succeeding, however you want to look at it. Yeah, Marvel's real first test of the truly unknown heroes. Yeah, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, great tease, Matt. We're going to talk about Phase Two next week. We're talking Iron Man Three, Thor: The Dark World, Captain America: Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, teasing Age of Ultron and Ant Man. Um, and we may even spill a little bit into phase three, talking talking maybe some Spider-Man news we heard today uh, that will definitely play a big part in phase three. So phase three, uh, I think it's and phase two is very complex, and I think it's going to be very interesting to uh, to talk about as you get into more and more sequels and looking towards the future. I think yeah. this has been a great discussion. Uh, Matt, we have to start wrapping up the show. I want to remind everyone out there, GoldilocksShow.com. We have a website, people. That's where you should go. It's on the internet. Um, audio, video, all the links are there. Subscribe. We are on iTunes. Uh, Stitcher's being a real weenie, so I'm trying to get us on there. We'll be on there soon. But we're in... Uh, I use Overcast on my iPhone. That's my uh, my podcast app. We're in there. We're in most of the apps. So uh, download us that way. At Goldilocks Show on Twitter. I tell you that because we have our question this week. We want you to answer uh, on Twitter at Goldilocks Show or via email GoldilocksShow at gmail.com. Uh, the question this week I came up with, I think it's it's pretty decent and it's themed around our marvel discussion so we've talked about the avengers owned by marvel but we also have to talk about the properties they don't own which makes it difficult for them uh, fantastic four owned by fox x-men owned by uh fox <laughs> so which marvel superhero group would you rather join the avengers the x-men or the fantastic four and why we want to know why what is your thinking behind which of these you've chosen. Uh, you, as I said, you can tweet us at Goldilocks Show or GoldilocksShow at gmail.com. Matt, uh, I don't want to know your answer yet, but I will ask you, is this an easy choice for you? Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a pretty easy one, okay. I think. I, I found it to be pretty easy. I don't know about you, it Mr. Was, Sean. It was pretty easy for me as well, but yeah. I'm interested to see if we have the same answer. So, Yeah. What, what a great tease. I'll just have to wait for next week to find out. Just have to wait for next week. That's exactly right. All right. Well, thanks to all of you out there for, for joining us on this discussion. We'll be back next week with phase two of our Marvel Cinematic Universe discussion. Uh, but until then, we'll wish you all a fair good night. And before you go, just be sure to stay tuned for after the credits when Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> walks in and he asks both of us if we'd like to join the Avengers Initiative. I, I think, Matt, we, we really should. I wish I was more ambitious because we really should have shot something and thrown it in the end. That would have been funny, but <laughs> I'm not that ambitious. But there you go. Our own after the credits uh, sequence. That's perfect. Someday they'll invent hologram technology. And when when that day comes, we can just project Samuel L. Jackson from your computer and he can walk right into your, your studio there. Oh my God! What a the more Sam L. Jackson, the better. With his eye patch and all. With his eye patch, that is the worst. Oh my <laughs> God! Uh, very good. I and on that fantastic note, uh, we'll wish you all a final good night. Good night. <laughs>